On this episode of High Value Discussions, my guest is a maestro in the world of life insurance and will experience in providing financial education. With a career spanning nearly two decades, my guest is a man of mapping out futures, a strategist in money preservation, a champion for leaving legacies, not debts. In our conversation, we unravel his philosophy. He has a unique blend of financial acumen and a heartfelt guidance. It's about more than numbers on a page. It's about the stories those numbers will tell for generations. My guest believes in creating a financial tapestry that not only protects, but also enriches the lives of those you hold dear. As you tune into this episode, prepare to challenge your perspectives on money and life insurance so you can redefine what it means to be financially secure and discover how you too can craft a legacy that echoes beyond the constraints of time. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ivan Orozoko Rea. That embedded something in me that I think it was a mistake, but it's till this day it still affects me. Yeah. About eating breakfast in the morning. Mm. I don't deserve it unless I work first. Right. So even right now, I haven't ate. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even ate. Do That's you? So that came from your childhood? Since I was eight years old. Really? Yeah. Woke up one morning and my dad's like, what the hell are you doing here? Because <laughs> I was already eating pancakes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you haven't even done anything. And mm. I grew up in the ranch. Yes. You know what I mean? So I had to cut grass. Yeah, huge eucalyptus trees that always do a bunch of leaves year-round. And mm. I would have to, I mean, literally, you see those pictures where they have the leaves all. Yeah. Eucalyptus leaves. I mean, you can literally jump in there and get yes. lost. Um, so my dad one day, yeah, what are you doing here? <sighs> Pancakes. He goes, I haven't done anything. So, of course, you know, pissed off, change, go cut the grass. Mm got hungrier of course the food tasted better but since then it stayed in my head yeah don't come to the kitchen table in the morning unless you've already done something and maybe that's not what he was trying to let me know or mm. anything like that even now at 47 years old it still affects me yes yeah. have you ever heard um do you watch do you pay attention to boxing at all or, or mma or everyone or boxing every yeah. once in a while mma do i sit down and watch the fights yes. no i don't yeah so like, like, like if they tell me who's who yeah. Like, yeah. So like Canelo, for instance, I'm going to use okay. him as an example. So when he has a training camp, he travels away from his family to get away from distractions. He has a beautiful family. He has a lot of kids. He has a beautiful wife, but he leaves away from distractions to be disciplined. So that's what fighters have to do. They have to remove themselves from all the distractions. So when you're in camp, camp is probably like three or four months and you're training two, three times a day for that long period of time for a specific night and then when you're done it's family time oh my god it's like we can go you know out. what movies embrace that mm. big time the rockies yes and the creed mm -hmm. there you go but that's a that's a principle like how we were talking about it's instilled in me so right now i'm not fighting anymore but i'm also not where i want to be so it feels like every day has been a training camp and i haven't say earned playtime do you think that's a negative approach though because a lot of people say you're doing yourself a disservice by not enjoying yourself but i was telling a family member this the other day being productive and doing things that enhance me that gives me a purpose that i cannot explain 
Yes. Because what can be fun for me doesn't necessarily relate that that's going to be fun for you. Mm. You know what I mean? So a lot of people, when they tell you, Daniel, you're doing a disservice. You're supposed to enjoy life. Who says you're not? Yeah. You mean enjoy life like you? You know what I mean? Like, is that what you want to do? Like, you know, a lot of people are buying freaking champagne with beer money. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, they're broke, but they're still over here trying to be all these, mm. you know, you know, like, that I can do this. I look at the car that I drive. Yeah, but it's that close to getting repoed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, they're trying to live a life to supposedly please others. Mm. Um. Nah, it's not even about that no more. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to do what they want to do. But the fact that everybody's posting everything on here. Yeah. You're putting your business out there for everybody to have an opinion on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. hey, go for it. Yes. You know what I mean? But I'm not at the level to say that I can go and have fancy dinners when I want to. No, but I will be. Mm -hmm. But even then, I might not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm at the point where I can give everything to my kids. Am I? No. They got to earn it. You know what I mean? I don't want to make them dumber. You know I mean, that's the whole point of life is that everybody's always going to have opinions. Yes. But opinions don't matter sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. Thank you for your point. Of, or thank you for letting me know where you fall under my lo my loyalty, my friends, people I can have as you know, support, backup. Mm -hmm. Now I know where to put you in the make-believe section you know what i mean where you think that you can live this life and still be okay with it yes you know there's there's repercussions to also having a good time yeah man and i've noticed that too uh, especially say people in my age my age or in their young 20s they make that mistake by living large having a lifestyle that they actually can't afford they're living above their means and it you pay the consequences when you do so one of my favorite words is no I love that word. And a lot of the things that I've built currently is from no. Still to this day, yeah. no. I say no a lot. I probably say no more than I say yes. What is it, seven days out of the week? I'll say no seven days out of the week. Every weekend, I probably say no. Yeah. Because everybody's out playing, but they, it's, the, it's repetitive. And then when we go out and play, it's repetitive. I'm like, man, we did this last weekend. It's the same thing. Yeah. What are we going to talk about? Oh, man. Yeah. I, I remember those days <laughs> where it's Thursday. All right. Let's go get ready. I'll pick you up at eight. We'll be in Monterey. Like it was always repetitive. Did yeah. we have fun during those times? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But do I look back right now? I'm like, man, we could have saved a lot of money. You know what I mean? A couple of my friends went and had DUIs. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just everybody was making all this large money, but no one is responsible enough how to make that much money yes and manage it and manage it that's one of my mentors always passed on to me he's like man i do not care how much money you make i care how much you manage and grow it yeah. that's the benefit of it like people they see money as the devil i was like it can be if it's not used properly you know yeah. but if you're using it to your benefit man it could do wonders for you but people have such a negative connotation towards money they work for it and they spend it you specifically as a financial advisor, is that one of the biggest things that you see is just people spend above their means? Well, I mean, that and also the fact that they don't see their own uh, hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't save money. Oh, yeah, but there's a birthday party, but you guys can't say no to more beer than there is presents. 
I mean, don't tell me you can't because you'll go to Applebee's and drop 150 bucks on one dinner. And all I'm asking for you is to make a $50 payment a month. So you're telling me that that dinner has more value than you leaving me something behind to your family. And I'll say that in front of the wife. I'll say that in front of the kids. I'll let the husband right there tell me, yeah, that dinner is more important. Or, you know, where do I sign? Sometimes the the what I look, you know, in general in life is if I don't come at you, Daniel, a certain way. Of course, I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be like cussing you out or anything. But if I don't come at you, am I really doing you justice? Am I really doing you a service? Mm-hmm. I have to get under your skin to let you understand that with the day that you're no longer here, they're going to be suffering. Not you. You're already dead. You know what I mean? So if if I don't tell you those kids have no fault that their father's such a machista, sometimes men got to hear it. That yes. old style of, hey, I want you barefoot in the kitchen making me tortillas, that stuff is out the window. Yes. Yeah. That it doesn't exist here in this year in the... <laughs> Re- remote ranch in Mexico or something, you know, that'll yeah. work there, mm-hmm. but not here, not no more. Yeah. Women are independent. Women deserve to be independent. They, they deserve to grow. Mm-hmm. They deserve to have a voice in the family. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just, I run into so many uh, different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And in now 16 years of having my life license, and before that, I did mortgage, and before that, I did Wells Fargo, and before that, I did jewelry sales and car sales and construction and, you know, credit card sales and all this. Yeah. I mean, so I've been in sales, yeah, but I hate to call it sales. Really? Yes. Go into more detail of that. I call it education. <sighs> Look, a salesperson is more interested in their commission, mm-hmm. and they're going to sell you something you don't need. Yeah. An educator will take the time to show you not one, maybe two, or maybe even three different things put them in front of you, all based off you. And I'm going to explain the benefits to each one. And at the end of the day, who's going to make the final decision? You, based off your educated decision. You know what I mean? So one of the things that I instill in all my agents is, please don't ever say that I'm a good salesperson. I Mm. actually get offended by that. I tell them that. I'm a great educator. Because an educator is going to sit here and work around he him or hers, different uh, needs, also budget, which is very important. And then um, from there, they're going to pick what they want. So what I've done in this industry is I've created software, Excel spreadsheets, Word, um, um, also uh, cheat sheets and things like that to simplify this business like it really should be. Mm -hmm. The people that make it more complicated and hard is us. But when it comes to educating people, and this is the reason why I'm here, those are the people that are going to be embracing you as family, yes, not as an agent. You know what I mean? And I can tell you from here all the way to Calexico, there's a lot of homes I can stop by and get a taco. <laughs> mijo, mijo, you have a count share if you ever need to stay and all this and that because I build relationships. Yes. You know, and... um. That's why I love what I do. And yes, I travel a lot, but I'm kind of trying to minimize my traveling now. That's mm-hmm. why now I have agents in different regions of California. Mm-hmm. So I can just pass the torch to them. And now guess what? They're eating too. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want ever, I don't want to be the guy having to pay for everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want all of us to be able to sit in the table and play 
credit card roulette. Yeah, I was just about to say that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's spin this thing. Oh, me again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, but at the end of the day, you got to make it fun. But yeah. you got to, because look, if I, if I start teaching people how to, for example, we're in the topic of paying for dinner. If I have one of my agents pay for dinner one day, I'm teaching him or her what to do with their team. Yes. I mean, they're looking up to you. And sometimes paying that $200 tab, $300 tab for the, you don't know what that does to them. Like when Rudy did that to me, you know, in the past, you know, I would always be like, wow, I want to get there. Not like, ooh, I'm getting free dinners and I'm going to continue. No. Thanks, Rudy. Yeah, thanks, Rudy. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. But no, it's more like thank you because now I'm doing it. Yes. Now he's like asking me like, hey, you know, um, we're having this event. Do you mind helping out? How much? Yeah. Because I know that that's only going to make the team more comfortable and more happier. Um, like today, I'm, I'm going to meet with a guy here in San Jose after this to talk about T-shirts yeah. that I want to have made for that event. Yes. You know, I want the team to be unified. But you're you're leading, bro. And yeah. that's the thing that that's why you have you built so many agents quite recently. Like we yeah. were telling this just short period of time is because you're leading the right way and you're being reliable. Same thing when it comes to saying paying for dinner. I feel like I've had that principle. If I'm with my cousins, if I'm with my friends, if I'm with my family, that's my job. That's my job because my one of my principles is to be the most reliable man in the room. Yeah. So if I'm there, I got to take care of everything. If I'm there, if I step foot into somewhere, I got to take care of everything. That's my job. So my cousins, right? Every time they're like, oh, we're going to go out birthday. We're going to go to Napa this upcoming weekend. Blah, blah, blah. I know that's my job to take care of my cousins yeah. when we're together. That's just... That's a man's duty, but that's a principle that I love to have. You know what I mean? Being reliable, bro, is a good feeling. I'm the oldest cousin, and I'm the one that travels to go visit my other cousins. <laughs> and now I throw it in their face because they're always like, "Hey, when you coming? To, when you coming to Arizona? Hey, bro, when you coming to Cali? Yeah. And I mean, like, what the hell? You know what I mean? It works both ways, bro. I mean, they don't ask for documentation when you come into Cali. <laughs> You know what I mean? Unless you're coming from Mexico, you know what I mean? But uh, I throw it in their face. They're younger than me. You, you mean you can't drive to come and see me? Yeah. But, you know, um, sometimes you have to be that guy, um, that cousin, especially family. Mm-hmm. You 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 care a lot about them that you're willing to sacrifice even having a good time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. you you love people. You'll you'll go out of your way and and it, it just becomes like second nature. Yes. It's not like oh, should I? Mm. It's just where you're going, okay. And you're always out in the lookout, you know mm. what I mean? Making sure they're safe, especially if you're in the area you don't know. Yeah. We're men. We get targeted more. You know, when it comes to certain like, you know, gangs and things like that. We get targeted, whether we want to or not. You know, I just happen to be wearing a, a red piece piece of string landed on me. <laughs> oh, you're Norteño. You know what I mean? Like it's um <laughs> yeah i've been i mean i grew up around all that yeah you know but my upbringing my mom is what kept me out of all that not wanting to be a gangster and like i understand the reason why many people join is because they feel like they need to be a part of something community well guess what where's your family you know i understand that right now both parents have to work um and unfortunately the babysitters is the street you know and um 
but I was I was very blessed to have a mother that, you know, showed me nothing but unconditional love until this day. You know, bro, yeah. one of one of the things that caught my attention with you, because for the audience that doesn't know, this is this is yours and I's second interaction. Yeah. So the time that we spent together was very short. It was a couple of hours. It was a great night. But you like I was telling you off air, you left a mark on me. Mm. So I'm old enough to kind of spot when somebody is genuine, when somebody's authentic. And the one thing that caught my attention when it comes to you is you are a very well-skilled communicator. You know when to talk and you know when to listen. Where did that come from? I know I shared a little bit with you that, you know, I grew up as a Jehovah Witness mm. since the age of like three or four years old. Okay. Um, we lived in a remote ranch um, outside of Salinas in a road, very, very um, well-known road called River Road, um, right by the river. And... One thing that my mother would do is, as I was growing up, of course, my dad was the type of person that, if you speak English at the house, discipline. You speak Spanish at the house, English at school. Mm. But, of course, it was kind of hard on the kid, but now I thank him because I can read, write, and speak Spanish, yes. you know, very fluently. As a matter of fact, a lot of people very close to me <laughs> claim that I have a very strong accent when I speak English and I can't hear it. You know what I mean? think you're fine. You know what I mean? I, I like to think so too, you know, but here we are. So uh, <laughs> for those of you that think that um, you're pressing the SAP button, you're not. Um, <laughs> but during church, there was, we would go three times a night. Um, two of them were for two hours and one of them was for an hour. But the one of them for two hours for the first hour, there was a thing called a ministerial um, school, okay? Escuela de Ministerio. And they would have a, uh, a, a spot for a male, uh, five-minute speech. Females, like if they're doing what we're doing right now, like a podcast, but they're actually talking about a topic of the Bible, and then the last one would either be two females or a male again having another speech. Now, when it came to the males having a five-minute speech, um, usually they would give you like two two months in advance. They would give you a paper. Whenever they give you that paper, you're like, oh, my God. Um, as a kid, especially. I mean, I think I started around six years old, seven. Wow. And um, on there, it would have like a scripture. For it would, I'm just gonna say, let's say it was Psalms 83, 1 through 18. Okay. So then my job was to go home, read it, read it, read it, and then look at publications that talked about verses in there. How does that relate to us now? And the way it would work is I would have to come up with an introduction and a conclusion. So Picture this being my very first time. I would grab the Bible and I'll be, and this is the microphone, and I'll be like, Yeah. I would be holding it like this. Yes. And in the beginning, God, la, da, 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 and, and then, you know, boom. And then, thank you. Yeah. Then I would walk off. Their job was to be, um, you know, they would criticize you in a way to help you grow. Ivan, excellent. 
you you read everything you know we can we can hear you because of the mic you know <laughs> but next time let's work a little bit on putting it down and maybe doing one or two looks to the audience mm. so when you know months later when i would have my next talk um different scripture again introduction conclusion um i would now go up there and put it down yes and be like da, da, da. and then maybe i would write under look at audience da, da, da. and then oh I, okay and then i continue reading mm -hmm. so every so often they would tell me work on this work on that move your hands talk hey look up and god you know like you know said go you yeah. know and like and mannerisms in spanish are called ademanes yes and um and what they also teach you very much is respect your elders. And and one of the things that I grew up on, especially in the Hispanic household, <laughs> you speak out of turn, you'll know you speak out of turn. Here comes a chancla. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the chancla is your best friend growing up. You know what I mean? Um, that thing has the same effect as Captain America throwing a shield. Oh, damn, that's a good <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that thing bounces off of you, comes back to your mom's hand, and she's like, "You want another one?" You know, I don't, I don't know how that worked, but it worked. Um, <laughs> but I give one hundred percent credit um, to growing up as Joe Witness. I know a lot of people have their own opinions of religions, especially when it comes to Joe Witnesses. Mm -hmm because we come door knocking. Yes. And that's where you probably would also see me getting uh, the skills to not be afraid to talk to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there's going to be people that are going to open a door, look at you and slam it. Yeah. There's going to be people that are going to say no. You know, <clears throat> my biggest message that I was, you know, when I was door knocking was we're not here to change your religion. We're just here to encourage you to read the Bible, understand what's going on these days. It's been already prophesized yeah. a long time ago. And yes. here we are acting like, why? Why is this happening? It's been written down. It's been written down. You know what I mean? So um, I give so much thanks uh, to my mother. Uh, she really taught me how to be the man that I am. Um, I don't give her enough credit. Um, I remember back in 2015, I took a class where they teach you where there's two kinds of people, responsible and victims. The victims are always going to blame everything. Oh, Daniel, the economy, <laughs> the president. Oh, Rudy. Yeah. You know what I mean, they're going to, they're going to blame everybody and everything, right? The responsible people are going to be, you know, Daniel, I shouldn't have hanged around with those kinds of people. You know, Daniel, I shouldn't have made that decision. You know what? I should have broken that off a long time ago, or I should have made this knowing better. And in other words, I take 100% responsibility that the reason why my life is the way it is, is because of decisions I've made. Okay. So victims will continue to be victims, mm -hmm. but the responsible people start realizing one thing after being responsible is that you now have control over your life decisions moving forward let me ask you daniel when you were growing up did you ever say i can't wait to be an adult so i can do what i want to do yes what happened responsibilities come hit you in the face and you either act on it or you shy away from it it's the same thing being responsible or being a victim 
I mean, life was able to humble me a lot, you know, when it comes to say the fighting aspect. Yeah. It slapped me a lot. It I loved fighting, sometimes it didn't love me back. When I lost a fight, that's my fault. It's not my coach's fault. It's not because my opponent did this and he got me, he clipped me. Like, no, that's my fault. I stepped left when I should have stepped right. That's my fault. Nobody else's fault. Every time, like this podcast, this is my job to show up for it. If I don't show up for it, who am I going to blame? Oh, my guest canceled on me. What am I going to do? This and there that. There was a nope. spill in the kitchen no. the way here. <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> it's nobody's fault but my it own. Works. It's my fault if I'm not doing my job. But a lot of people, I'm seeing that a lot now where the victim state, bro, is being this praised. And it doesn't get you anywhere. What? Are, so when I ask other people what happened, what I'm really trying to let them know is you're an adult. Yes. Why aren't you making your own decisions? Mm. Why aren't you doing what you want to do? Why are you still clinging on to my parents? They did this. Or my job mm. or this or that if you're an adult what happened to when you were a kid yeah. and you were saying i can't wait to be what happened in other words you're maybe to blame you know what i mean and i say that in the in the nicest way but one thing that i asked my whole team this new year's i gave them a questionnaire of questions that i wanted everybody to answer mm. and everybody answered them but the last question that I wrote on there was, do you give me permission to push you? They all answered yes. Yeah. And man, um, I told them, look, there's going to be times you're not going to be like to be pushed. But just yeah. remember when you wrote yes, meaning you're an adult. Mm. If I tell you, if you say you're going to do something, like Daniel, you, Ivan, at noon, I will do this. Mm. It's now one o'clock. You haven't done it. Guess what? I have every right to come at you. Yes. You said 12. Mm -hmm. It's now one. Yeah. Of course, you're probably going to be like, no, no, what this and that. Daniel, you said 12. That's yeah. the reason why I'm coming at you. Mm -hmm. Now, if I would have said, I want you to do this without even asking you, are you available or anything like that? Then you know what? Okay, it's me. But that's one thing that adults don't understand nowadays is that you know, the whole handshaking, mm. your word is your bond type deal. Like a lot of things, all of that's out the window, out the door. I'm old school. I'm old fashioned. I'm old. You know what I mean? That's that's the go to to most people. Yeah. Okay. But we need a little old school. Yes. You know, I once posted on Instagram that the era of the gentleman is dead. It's crazy. You know what I mean? I buy, you know, I open up pull out chair, open doors, buy flowers. I can pull my own chair out. I can open my own door. I don't mean anything by it other than the fact that I was raised by a woman Yeah. that I feel that I need to do what, like show respect, mm -hmm. you know, towards someone. It doesn't mean that you can't open their own door. Yes. You know what I mean? Then pay for your own dinner. You know, I, I, I look online. I don't know if you've seen recently where this girl totally like obliterated this guy like like embarrassed them because he um he took her to the cheesecake factory oh because that's like considered one of like the worst dates to take somebody <laughs> or something right like you're taking me to cheesecake factory yeah da, 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 this yeah. and that so it got to the point where i'm like 
So these women are not interested in the conversation. They're interested mm. in the food. If you're really into somebody, the food is the last thing you're worried about. Yeah. I'm more worried about dessert. That's, <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I like to joke around. Yes. But, um, but see, the thing is, like, a lot of people take a lot of context out of, like, the real true meaning of something. And um, there's not less morals now. Nothing aligns now. Like, I have been single for a long time because of that. Everybody is just so out of whack. You know, the values, their principles, their the actions, the day-to-day. It's just like, what? Daniel, you might just accidentally look up and the girl's like, oh, you're not interested in me? The hell? Yeah. Like, I'm, my bad. Like, mm-hmm. what did I do so wrong? And now you spend 20 minutes talking about that negativity. Mm-hmm. Instead of just continuing the conversation. Hey, how you yeah. been? Like, hey, yeah. how's work? Great. Like, how are you mentally? Like, mm-hmm. are you okay? Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, um, I tr- I don't have as many that many friends. I like my circle being small. Yes. Okay. Um, will I go to bat for my friends? Yes. Yes. And um, but the the and like, do I ask for a lot of things in return? No. Because no. you know the Bible says you know better to give than to receive. You know what I mean? When I receive, I appreciate it. You know it's. I'm not used to celebrating my birthday. I'm not used to celebrating, you know, none of that, none of this stuff that goes on nowadays. But when somebody gets me something on my birthday, the next day they have a gift. Yes. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Here's this. And like, but it was your birthday. I'm like, well, I appreciate it. And here's something for you. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not used to how to, used to that type of interaction. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you miss not celebrate? How can I miss something I never did? And that's the thing is that, Everybody thinks it's just one solid religion. And nowadays, we got to be very careful how we talk to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? You might be offending someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I get this whole everybody's trying to do, like, oh, I identify as this or that. Look, that's fine. But don't come at me if I accidentally call you sir or ma'am out of respect. And then you're like, how dare you? Well, since I know you mm-hmm. and I knew about your background, then obviously be mad at me but the fact that i'm just barely meeting you and you're my barista and you get offended does it say anywhere on you how to you know like that's where people kind of take it a little bit out of context like everything's about feelings nowadays you know instead of facts yeah i feel this way so therefore uh you know our minds are very powerful and that's why i told my whole team that they have to watch the 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 movie the secret Mm. it's both english and spanish on youtube for free and I told him that when I watched that video, I'm not going to lie, um, ex-roommate of mine put it on. And she goes, I'm going to go to the store and I'll be back. And I'm like, okay. First five, ten minutes, I'm like, what is this? Fifteen minutes go by. Twenty minutes go by. I'm like, okay. And be- when the movie was over, it blew my mind to the point where it really turned off a switch and turned on a different one of how to manifest stop using the word hope so much you know what i mean like i took like oh i hope i get to go stop saying hope you're gonna go if you say you're gonna go you're gonna go yeah you know what i mean you'll find a way and you know i i correct people just so they can at least you know understand there is two sides to a coin except everybody always focuses on the on the tails 
flip it. There's even something positive in death. Yeah. He or she's no longer suffering. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He or she, you know, um, left us with great, you know, um, facts of how to live a, a beautiful life. You know, we, we remember these stories. It's yeah. what makes us. So in a funeral, that's what I tell all my clients. Do you know what a funeral really is? Well, yeah, somebody's dead. And... No, 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 no. With the meaning behind the funeral. Well, what is it? It's a celebration of that person's life. Mm. But the reason why we're always like, how much money and what did they leave? And they're fighting for this and they're fighting for that. They never focus on the loved one. And when you look at the, at the funeral home, people that helped out with money, people that didn't, and there's fights and people, brothers and sisters don't talk for years. That's why it's very important. And I tell people very important what I do. Yeah. Instead of life insurance, look at it. Look at it as this. It's the last act of love that you're going to leave behind to your family. El último acto de amor. And when you say it like that, I'm no longer mentioning the bad words of yeah. life insurance. I'm not saying, like, Daniel, if you're a father with kids and you're like, no, I don't want insurance. But your <laughs> wife does, right? Yes. Okay. Which happens a lot. Here's what I'm going to say. <clears throat> hey, Daniel. I understand how you feel, but this is the last act of love that you're going to leave behind to your family. Mm. You love your family, right? Absolutely. What are you going to say? No. In front of your wife? <laughs> yes. In front of your kids? So when I say it like that, they're like, oh, bring, me the, <laughs> bring me the checkbook. Or number two, you're still kind of like indecisive. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Daniel, I really hope you have a very comfortable couch. Because mm. that's where you're going to sleep tonight. <laughs> if you don't get this. Okay. <laughs> but that's where you were going back in before, like the proper critiques. It's not an insult. It's the reality of things. And people get so hurt by that nowadays. Like my mentor, that's why I love him so much. Because it is so hard to satisfy the man. You know what I mean? He makes you work for that smile that yeah. he gives you. And I love that. Every interaction with him, it's a critique. It is never like applause. It's never a pat on the back. It's like, okay, that's good. But what could you do to make it better? Yeah. It's like, damn, is it never good enough? But I love that because it's constant improving. It's co- it's constant sculpting, always. But a lot of people, they that a lot of men, I'm sure that you yeah. face that, they get offended. Do you face that a lot? Because a lot of people don't like the hard truth. I do get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where they will get insulted. You know what I mean? You're coming into their domain, their home, right? And I love that. You're the king and queen here. But here comes the president. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you don't know it yet, buddy, but this is my domain right now. You know what I mean? You're just letting me borrow it for a little bit. Don't worry, I'll give it back. You know, the thing is you want to come in with that attitude because of the fact that, look, I always tell people I've sold so many things in life. Some of the stuff, they really don't need. Yeah. I was just selling it for commission purposes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But I strongly believe that what, I mean, like I'm never going to run out of clients, Daniel. Unfortunately, we're all going to pass away. Yeah. It's part of life. Yes. Except we act like it just started 20 years ago. <laughs> right. So, um, I have to do like, I, I tell everybody that has a license. Number one, you don't have a license. Mm. You have a responsibility. 
You know what I mean? Just like we have a responsibility when we get driver's license yeah. to obey the laws. Most people don't. And then they find out the circumstances of, of yes. their actions. Okay. When it comes to having a life license, our responsibility is to now educate the masses. Me letting you know that I grew up as a Jehovah Witness, I don't know if you're going to start noticing that I use a lot of the stuff that I used, I learned as a kid, and now I'm bringing it into this business. Yeah. Okay. You got to care for people, educate them. Because mm. the number one thing I say, especially in the Hispanic community, is that many do have life insurance. They just don't know what they have. And when I explain to them, what's the name of the company? I don't know. Wow. Well, how much are you paying a month? I don't know. They just take out the payment for how much coverage? Um, I think I go, do you have your policy? So I can look at it. And then I find out that the policy that they're paying is not what they needed. Just because a car has four wheels and a steering wheel and can take you from point A to point B, I'm not going to sell an elderly woman a lifted truck. Yeah. That lifted truck will serve some people, mm. but not her. I'm going to sell her a compact car. Something she could drive anywhere, any anytime, even on the sidewalk if she wants to, and park wherever she wants. Yes. Okay. Not every life insurance product is for every single person. Mm. And as an agent, you need to be educated, number one, of how each product works, dissecting it and putting it back together. And then when you sit down with the clients, you need to understand that even a simple conversation that you're having with them, whether it's about their past or like, hey, beautiful home, look at your pictures. Are those your kids? Oh, yeah. I have a la-da-da and this old and this old. And in my head, I'm like, okay, they need a policy too. Okay. Oh, if I could insure dogs, I would be insuring dogs too. You know, so, um, but I'm getting to know them. So I can better educate them. Mm. You know, like I'm sure you do that in your podcast is oh. you, you want to get to know people to better take that conversation this way instead of like, so uh, what were you doing when you were eight? Okay. And what's your favorite color? I mean, that would be like, okay, I know what question. It'd be a waste of ask. your time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this conversation going like, you know, from my childhood to now and how I still look back at my childhood I still go and drive to where the ranch used to be mm. and I'll stand there and I'll look like I'll walk to it and be like, I used to play here and this was my view. And then I'll look back and I'll look at my car, which I was driving an Audi at the time, which I've always wanted an Audi. Um, one of the reasons is because, you know, when I get married, I'm going to get my wife a fat ring, but my car gets four. <laughs> I don't know if do you get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, I have these. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> ever since I met Rudy 15, 16 years ago, I've always said I always wanted an Audi. And so far I've owned four. You know, and it's always upgrading, you know. And the reason why I, I was a lease, the last one I had was a lease. I turned it in and got myself the used Civic. Why? Because I'm taking a little bit of a step back to put a million miles in that car. Oh. And go visit all my agents and use it for the purpose of my business. Yes. Because my car that I'm actually going to get next year for sure is the um, the Audi GTRS. Jesus. Yeah. 
beauty. That 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 she is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. And you know, I name like my last Audi. I'm gonna name this this one the same. Her name's Christine. Mm. Oh, if if beautiful if, name. If a lot of you guys don't know what I mean by that, <laughs> that means you're not Stephen King fans. Okay, <laughs> so that's why I name my car is Christine. Like, don't mess with her because <laughs> she's going to protect me, yes. you know. Um, but, you know, the reason why I go back and forth and the reason why um, I use a lot of stuff when I was a kid is because when I was looking back, you know, standing from the ranch where I used to be, looking back at my car, is this little kid that used to play in the dirt, I wonder if he ever looked out and said, one day. And I do remember growing up, I always questioned a lot of things. Not because I was wanting to be rebellious. It's more because I wanted understanding. And I always knew when to talk, when not to talk. You know, yeah. I learned the hard way. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those where I grew up to be a very nice little saint. You know what I mean? But um, the fact that I didn't grow up around neighbors, the fact that I didn't have anybody to play with when I was a kid, like at the ranch. My best friend was my dog. You know what I mean? And um, there was a lot of things that I wish I could have had that I didn't get to experience, like playing sports in school, even though every day at the ranch, I was always trained to be a quarterback yeah. or a pitcher. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even the coaches would say like, man, we would love you here, but we didn't have money. So, you know, all that stuff costs money, yeah. you know? So I wanted to put my thoughts and ideas into more like productive things. Mm -hmm. So at the age of 15, I went to go work for Tandy Moran Antle during the summer, cutting lettuce. Okay. That taught me really, really quick. Hit the books. Okay. Age 16, I was a bagger getting paid under the table. Uh, I'm not going to mention supermarket. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I don't even think they're even in business anymore. But it was a small, you know, it was actually the, the biggest super supermarket in Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay. At the time. And I was a bagger. And, um, I was 16, 17 years old, driving five miles without a license. Yeah. And back then I was driving this uh, Volkswagen Rabbit with a big old sticker across the windshield that my dad put that said, Wabbit. Yeah. And the inside, the upholstery was that um, fluffy, bluish, velvet oh, type stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, yes. I'm giving you a very vivid of what a box little <laughs> wabbit. Yeah. And I would drive to work and back at night because my father taught me how to drive stick at the age of 11 on the highway. That's a type of yelling and, and, and um, putting me in front of stuff that I clearly should not have been that, yeah. that young driving. But I got really good at stuff and I know that I look back now and I know that he wanted to make sure that if anything ever happened to him, I can be there for my mom and my sister. Mm. Um, but I just wish he would have gone in a different way instead of me being afraid of him. Mm. I wanted to really respect him. Yeah. But I'm, until this day, I'm still more afraid of my father than I respect him. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's a whole different, you know, subject, you know, me and my father, I wish we had a relationship, but you know, I'm not going to sit here and wish yeah. I've told him how I feel about him and he chose not to listen to it. You know what I mean? But 
I now am in a place where I can say he knows. Mm-hmm. All's in your court, buddy. Yeah. Just don't say I love you on your deathbed. And I told him that straight up. I don't want to hear it because at that point, doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, so I get the whole growing up. I had to work all the time, provide for you guys and stuff. But I told my dad, look, in a nice way, father, that was your responsibility. It's not for you to get an award. You know what I mean? It's like any man or woman that births or, or, or gives birth to a child. Their job, their responsibility is to take care of that kid yeah. and raise them and feed them and change them and educate them and take them to the dentist, all that stuff. Yeah. It's not like, oh, if I take him to the dentist, do I get like parent of the war, uh, yeah. year of the year? No, that is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So when people say, I did this for you. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. if you didn't, you, you know, child services would have probably <laughs> taken me away. You know what I mean? Like. We need to understand that, like now, kids get participation awards from what I understand in school. Yeah, they didn't have that when I grew up. And guess what? I'm fine. It's like we're teaching kids that if they don't get something nowadays, it's like commotion. Yeah. No, we're teaching kids to always expect and be handed everything. In other words, be lazy. Yeah. I'm not about being lazy, and that's the way reason why we kids don't even want to work nowadays. I am sure you'll get a handful of killers and you'll get a handful of, wait, I have to work this hard? Yeah. Do you get any of that? Well, <clears throat> I got in trouble once. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I got in trouble once because uh, one of the companies I work for, um, it, we took a break. It was a big old co- company meeting. It took a break and they one of the managers came up to me and goes, hey, at the end, we would love for you to say something to you know, because you're doing really well, yeah. and we would love for you to say something to kind of like, you know, put a little fire on these people. Yeah. Do you, you want to say something? I'm like, sure. So as I'm sitting there, breaks come back, and you know, the, you know, people are talking, and you know, different people are going up, and I knew I was almost gonna go up. I'm, 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 I'm just thinking, Daniel, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? And then something popped into my head. I'm like, I'm gonna run with this. <laughs> so I walk up there. And I'm like, how many of you here are parents? A lot of people raise their hands. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are aware that when the kid goes back to school, there's a thing called open house. And during that night, your child takes you to their classroom. Mommy, mommy, I drew this. Mommy, mommy, that's my desk. Mommy, that my best friend sits over there and that's my teacher. And then you sit down with the teacher and you're expecting that your teacher is going to say something good about your son or your daughter. Yes. Right. Now imagine if the company you work for had an open house and they had everybody's production and numbers up here and you walk in with your child and you're like, this is why mommy or this is why daddy can't take you to Disneyland. This is why I can't buy you new shoes. It's because I'm not working hard enough. I'm being lazy. Damn. Now, everybody was like, silence. Yeah. And I'm like, we should, if I were expecting our children to work hard, then we should do the same for them. Yeah. We're the adults. Again, I go back to that. We're adults. Okay. Thank you. I get off. 
After the meeting, I got reprimanded. Really? Because everybody took it like they, they were um, offended that I was saying that they're lazy. Jeez. And the way I look at it is I never spoke when even when asked. I never spoke in front. I'm like, no, because I work with a lot of pansies. I work with a lot of people that take everything to heart, right? But we're in a business, number one, when um, we're in business for ourselves, we're independent, we have a license, we're 1099, okay? So you're telling me that when you worked at 9 to 5 ABC, you were okay with making other people rich, okay? Um, but now that you have the ability to do for yourself, you don't believe in yourself that hard that you rather, oh, these 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 covers are so warm and this pillow. <laughs> and before you know it, it's noon. Yeah. Okay. And then before you know it, the bills are piling up and then you get depressed. And one of the hardest things to get over is depression. You know, I've been through it. You know, for me, it started at age 19. You know what I mean? So um, I went through something that really changed my life. Something that could have taken my life away. And my mother uh, had to put up with me during that time. I don't know if you want me to tell you or not. Why not? Remember the company Kinko's? Yes. Okay. Now it's FedEx office. Yes. Okay. I was there during the Kinko's days. Okay. Um, I started at age 19 in Salinas. Corner of John Street and um, what is it? John and Main. Open 24 hours. I was, I'm the type of person, Daniel, that I, I'm always, regardless of whatever job I have, I'm going to tell you, show me, mm. then get out of my way. In other words, I'm going to listen to what you're doing. And I remember the very first words that I ever told you on that event, which was, hey, Daniel, I don't know about you, but I'm a true believer in there's nothing wrong with being a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. Yes. Okay. That's how I started my conversation with you when I was asking you that question. Now, somebody sometime told me that quote and it stayed. Okay. I have so many quotes, uh, but I put it, I, 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 I used them. Okay. Um, but when they taught me how to, when somebody brings in a paper and they want a hundred copies of this and the paper the, the words are a little bit crooked and there's a little black dot here, black here, here. When I first started, I would put that paper in the glass, make a hundred copies of it until one lady by the name of Mary, um, reprimanded me one day and she goes, come here. She grabbed a hundred recycle bin. She goes, whenever stuff like this comes in and you let it go out like this, I will write you up. And she flipped the page over and she goes, these black dots, put that little white out right there, right out. And then when you place this on the glass, you're going to place where the words are going to be straight on the page. And she taught me how to like maneuver. They make one copy, put it up to the light, yeah. make sure everything was straight. And she goes, now hit a hundred. And it stayed with me that when people give you stuff and it's, low quality or something, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the product you're going to give them back. You're going to clean up, make it look, you know, turn this piece of coal into a diamond. Yeah. 
Okay. So I learned that from her. So for a almost a year, I became the main key op, key operator of the machines. I was 19. And um, I had 7 to 3.30 um, my schedule. Monday through Friday. Oh, so many people hated me. I was the youngest. They've been there for longer than me. They've always wanted that schedule. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. And they just for the love of and the raise. Yeah. But see, here's the difference. I'm just going to little side note. Speaking of money, I am so sick and tired of hearing people how much money they make. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I had to sign a paper stating that if I ever disclose how much I get paid an hour or how yeah. much I make, I would be fired. That is nobody's business but your own because you know what that creates? Animosity and in the workplace. Wait a minute. I've been here longer than you and you're already getting paid this much. And now that person goes to the boss and creates a headache. But nowadays, everybody's posting like, hey, I made this much. I made that much. And they post they post receipts. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. But you drive a and you live at... You know what I mean? And so, like, be careful what you post. Okay. Now, going back. Um, so, the guy that came in in Graveyard, his schedule started from 1030 to 730. So, when I came in at 7 to relieve him, I should expect walking into a nice, calm environment. Oh, no. Ivan... We have 100 books due by 8, and I've only done 50. And there I am already from first gear to fifth gear mm. or even sixth, not even enjoying my coffee walking in. And I'm already working hard and hard. So I finally sat down with this, the, the, my boss at the time, wonderful man. Um, I consider him my father in business. And um, unfortunately, he died during COVID. Uh, John Bocanegra at a Hollister. And... He taught he be, he saw something in me that I didn't. To, now I I look back and I'm like, when did I start my sales journey? Kinkos, because of him, he hired a representative to go out there and let people know what Kinkos can do for their business. Yeah. And I would be shadowing him, and he would always be telling me, "What did you learn in this one? Oh, I'm supposed to be taking notes." Uh, and then every single one, I was already ready. Like, hey, in this one, you talked a little bit more about this and this. And he taught me concept of educating. Mm. Okay. So John and I sat down and we're like, I'm sick and tired of walking into here, man. And I'm already in like fifth gear. This guy has all night and no interruptions. What the hell's going on during the graveyard time? So we looked back and we saw that this guy had never taken a vacation. So we gave him a week off. And during that week, who took over graveyard? Me. So I went in there Sunday night, 10.30. And then um, by midnight, I was done with everything. The rest of the night, I was forcing myself to stay awake. So I decided to clean the whole place. During that time, I was going through the doors, drawers, looking for, um, it looks like a car alarm. But that size, it's a button that you push in case you're ever getting robbed or anything. Yeah. And you hold it down for 10 seconds and it alerts the police. I couldn't find them. I knew they existed because I had seen them. 
it just would make me feel a little bit more comfortable. So the gentleman that relieved me, um, his name was Robert, ex-cop, retiree. And he's like, hey, I mean, wow, this place just looks immaculate. All the jobs were like right there, ready to be picked up. I mean, everything organized, the machine loaded up with paper, good to go. And I asked Robert, hey, gang, I've been looking for these buttons. Hey, don't worry about it. You did such a great job. Go home. Remember, 19, I'm like, all right. Went home, tried sleeping, slept a couple hours. I'm not a day person sleeper. Yeah. Um, so then the following day, I went to work. I took a bag of Cheetos that day. It was a Tuesday, uh, was Monday night for working for Tuesday. And I remember this wonderful coworker of mine by the name of Erica stayed with me that night because it was right in April when the time changes. She was starting college. And back then, Kinko's had a room where you can use computers to type out stuff like that. So she needed to do some stuff for school. So she stayed behind and to keep me company. And here I am eating Cheetos, running the machines, phone rings. She picks it up. And after hanging up, she goes, people want empty boxes. I guess they're moving. Because we when, when you buy paper, the, the reams, it comes in a big box. Okay. That a lot of people back in the days would ask for us, kind of like what people do with uh, shopping centers. Hey, do you have any uh, produce boxes? You know, yeah. when they're moving, they use those to you know, load up their stuff. And she said, we have like four or five of them. And apparently, I guess they asked her, do you mind helping us load them in the car? This is already 11 o'clock. And she's like, no, I'll leave them in the back. You can come pick them up when you drive up. You can just load them up. I mean, they're empty. Unfortunately, um, when she went to the back to do this while I'm running the machines, she opened the back door. and There was already two guys waiting for her. And, and um, they were wearing pantyhose in their face, so it made their face look distorted. Yes. And I didn't know this was going on. Here she is coming to an area where I can see her and where they can see her. And sh she just looked pale. Um, and I can just hear her say, Ivan, you need to come back here right now. I looked at her. I knew something was wrong. And as I started walking back there, I was feeling my pockets those buttons were not on me. I knew something was wrong. I had a Cheeto in my mouth. Okay. So as I made that corner to look at the back office, I remember seeing this gentleman, well, this man holding the door towards his back towards me, but he was like on his knees. And I thought it was a homeless man. And I'm like, sir, you can't be back here. And as I was about to push him, this other guy comes from the back office, light off, grabs me by my tie, and puts a gun right between my eyes. And at that moment, being 19 with a Cheeto in my mouth, the first thing that came to my mind is obviously I just put my hands up and all I said is, what do you want? And because to me at that moment, a lot of things went through my mind. Yeah. Number one, being at peace with myself, doing a prayer. And the only person that stayed in my mind was my mother. So I was kind of at peace if something were to go wrong. I was at peace. But at the same time, I wasn't there alone. My coworker was there. So they threw me in the back office on the floor and they started to go work on me, kicking me, punching me. They sprayed a half a can of mace to my face, close range. Um, I'm just like, 
holding my breath, making myself hard, and just taking these hits. And again, I'm just thinking about my mother and I'm praying. They finally tie me up, and it's that rug, that very thin rug, that if you just were to go like this a lot, it'll burn. And that's what they were doing to my face. So they finally get me by my hair, pull me up, and they turn my head, and I'm like right here, like like ice watery because of the mace. And I'm looking, and they have her with the gun to her head. And the first thing they say is, give us the combination to the safe, or we'll kill her. Keep in mind that that combination to that safe was only shown to me on paper once. Those numbers popped into my head. I gave it to them. 800 bucks. They tied her up. They left. About 10 or 15 minutes later, she was able to untie herself. And she's like, I'm going to look out there, see if they're still here. And I'm like, no. Nothing in this job, nothing in this building is worth your life wait obviously she didn't listen she got on the phone dial number one i was able to untie myself they were gone and halfway into the conversation she couldn't continue to talk they passed the phone over to me i was calm collected i told them everything that happened and they stayed on the phone with me until i saw the, the the place surrounded by cops and i let them in and um of course, they, they they made sure that her and I were set aside, make sure we're not in it, yeah. you know, and doing stuff. I was calm the whole time. They were asking me questions. They started looking up and down the store. They couldn't find nobody. And I guess they alerted my bosses. And my boss lived in Hollister, so he drove to Salinas. By the time he got there, it was like two. When I saw him walk in towards me to give me a hug, that's when I let it out. That's when I started crying. And he started holding me. And, um, you know, after that, Daniel, I started blaming the world. I'm way too young for this to happen to me. Why do I have to go to therapy? Why this? Why that? I'm a nice guy. I lived in a ranch with no problems. I finally went to Salinas. I have this nice job. I'm working late. And this happens. And um, my mother told me at that time, there's a reason you're still here. God said it wasn't your time. So what are you going to do with that time? At first, I was still rebellious. And I I mean, like, it got to the point where people didn't want to be around me because I was just more closed. I was just always, like, looking for the bad in people. Mm-hmm. And there was times where I would see people that reminded me of those guys um, where I would just turn white, pale, and cold. Um, they never found the guys. They gave me five days off. Damn. I should have sued them, but I was young because I was looking for those buttons. And by the way, when I, when the cops were there and everything and I walked by the manager's office, the three buttons were on his desk. So, um, but I also couldn't, I couldn't push myself to sue because the manager was a very dear friend of mine that I looked up to. And I felt like if I did something, he would get terminated. Right. So I was in a dilemma, but it wasn't until my father took me to Mexico by Guadalajara. My dad's from a town called Degollado, Jalisco. And we had a house out there. My dad was like, Hey, I got to go sell it. You know, there's going to be some business being, but in the meantime, I mean, if you want to come with me, 
you get to walk around in the plaza, go eat some, you know, tacos and garbanzos and ice cream and you name it, go. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go with you. When I saw kids playing marbles with rocks, and I like, I mean, like, come here, guys, and I took them to the store and bought them a big bag of marbles because I could afford it. You know what I mean? When I would see kids like hungry, and I would give them, you know, what what in my mind I had left over, which to them was like, oh my god, I can feed my mom and my dad and yeah. my little brothers with this. This thing came to my mind, Daniel, that. You're only going to, your life is bad compared to what? You're number one compared to what? So when those things happen and, and every time people come at me, even in this business, oh, our company, we're number one yeah. compared to who? And they can't answer that. They can't tell me, oh, we're better than this company and that company. It's because, number one, you don't know other companies. You just know yours. And in your mind, yeah, that's number one. But are you? Are you really? Be humble enough to say, I'm good at what I do. Okay. How can I help you? Not like, oh, come over here. We're the number one firm. We're this and this and that. Look, man, that's an ego talking. Yes. And in this business, egos will destroy you. Because people are just going to be like, oh, God. I'm not going to listen about insurance. I'm going to listen to half the conversations could be about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, so at 19 moving forward, when my dad brought me back, I came back a different person. I needed to kind of get a reality check and come back and be like, I need to get back to who I was and start helping people and use this experience that. I don't wish this on anybody, yeah. but let me explain to you what it did to me and how, look, if, if you sit down, Daniel, right now and tell me, Ivan, these things have, are happening in my life. I'm going to sit here and listen and be like, the one thing I'm not going to do, which a lot of people like to do is, oh yeah, well, look what happened to me. Right. This is war. I I bet there's something way worse. Check my story. Check out. my stuff out. And I'm over here like, okay. So now it's turning into you. Okay. Number one. Ego. Ego. But look, what happened to you, Daniel, is big to you. Yes. What happened to me is big to me. Not one is bigger than the other. Okay. But. I'm never going to compare because I've never been in your shoes. So how can I say, oh, yeah? I stepped on a a thumbtack. Oh, yeah, well, I stuffed my toe on a Lego. You know what I mean? Like, it's it hurt you. That hurt me. You know what I mean? All we can say is, man, are you okay? Yes. Tell me more about it. Sometimes people just need someone to listen to. Not criticism. Yes, but that's why I feel like, because I really want to go back to your philosophy on like how you became an educator instead of a salesman. It was the commission. And then now it turned into education. What At what age did you recognize of when you changed that philosophy? When you were like, you know what? I'm not a salesman. I am an educator. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. 2013. Or well, I should say 11 years ago now. Um. I've been doing insurance now for 16 years. 
I am in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, I was very, I'm very coachable. And some of the companies that I've worked for, and I'm going to say this very respectfully, they're great companies. They're just ran by idiots. <laughs> and let me elaborate what I mean by that. Not one um, philosophy or, or stuff works for everybody. You have to understand that um, when you're building a team or you're building a, a, a group of people, it's like a football team. Yeah. Not everybody can be a quarterback. Not everybody's going to want to be a wide receiver. There's some people that you need to hand stuff off to. And then you have those that are in the front that are blocking and paving the way. Okay. So with that being said, um, 10 years ago, I went through a really, really bad moment or time in this industry where all my bridges got burnt here in Salinas and I had to move to Fresno. Okay. So when I say that, that, that bridges were burned and everything, it's because I was trying to be like them and be salespeople and commissions, but we were selling garbage mm. to them. We weren't even, um, illustrating the stuff, right? We were illustrating the more so I can get higher commission yeah. at the expense of their, the client's goals. Yes. Okay. So when I moved to Fresno, I did a lot of reflecting. I was in a town that I didn't belong in living in a house with a roommate. I was renting a room. Luckily that girl um, is like a sister to me. So it was, I didn't feel homesick in a sense. You know what I mean? Like I knew who I lived with, but still at night I, w I was staring in my eyes, a different sky, different environment, you know? And I started thinking, how can I really change the way I talk to people when it comes to something this important. And I started thinking more of how can I get the, 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 the message across more educating. Yeah. Again, I went back to my days of Joe witness of how do we educate people, God's name or why we go preaching, yeah. show them in the Bible, educate them. Don't just say, Oh, because I said so, Daniel. No. You need to show people stuff. So I've have a lot of stories of clients passing away. Me being there and helping the families during those times. Another thing that I tell people is you're not an agent until someone passes away. Because now it's full circle. Okay. Yes, we do finances. Yes, we do all this. But that was all brought to you by life insurance yes. you know, kind of sound like sesame street here <laughs> so uh, <laughs> today this is brought to you by yeah. the letter i <laughs> um but in our culture the hispanic culture we've been taken advantage of a lot by bad policies so i don't want to be like them I sit here and educate them. And once they're educated and they fully understand what they have, that makes them better clients. 
whether something comes out of it or not. It's still planting the seed. Yes. But they're educated, Daniel. That's the thing. Whether I make a commission or I don't, yeah. I'm fine. But at least I didn't take advantage of them. Yes. So 10 years ago, I started doing that in Fresno. And here's a town I don't belong in. But I was able to reinvent myself. They don't know Ivan of Salinas. <laughs> I, mean, I could even use my middle name if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Um, but I think we've all seen the movie Boiler Room. Yes. Okay. Act as if. Act as if I've been doing this for 20 years. Mm. Act as if I'm the CEO. Yeah. There's a difference between being confident and cocky. Yes. Okay. Yes. But when you act as a certain thing and you come across to the client, they're looking at you. Believe it or not, they're examining you. Mm. You know? They're like, they even look outside. What are you driving? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. They, they, they look at your mannerisms. And if their dog sniffs you and wants to sit with you or you yeah. pet them, that's a plus. Yes. Okay. I love dogs. Cats. Oh, I no. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. <laughs> cats. Cats won't come up to you. They, they, they look at you. They flip you off. Yeah, they, they'll yeah. kill you. If yeah. They they, they're, they're like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, all right, whatever. But, you know, dogs, they, they also sense people. If you're for sure, if you're not, if you're just, yeah. you know, acting a certain way. Yes. And um, I try to carry myself in a way where, look, at the end of the day, I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm just here to educate you. And I start off my conversations that way. Yes. I'm just here to educate you. If you have any questions, ask me a million questions. I'm here to answer them. Because yes. at the end of the day, I want you to make a decision based off that education. Sounds yeah. fair? So people already know what to expect. And I feel that my sales, I feel like my interaction with people, new agents, um, has grown a lot. And I'm still in this type of business cutthroat where a lot of people will probably not agree with me yeah. because they're all about sales. Mm -hmm. Go out there, your drive. And I don't want you to take a no. And you better close this much business and so forth. And again, going back to that football team, not everybody's going to do 20,000 in production. Not everybody's going to do 10,000 in production. There's people who are going to do 5,000 in production. Yeah. But the key that I'm looking for when it comes to all those people is consistency. If they're consistent with what they're doing, we're good. Yes. Even if it's little, it'll gradually get bigger. But imagine if I'm telling that little little production person, yeah. if you're not doing 20, I don't want you my team. What kind of environment am I creating? Yes. Somebody once opened the door for me. How am I repaying that back? Yeah. You know, and and that's the thing that I see on social media and 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 so forth. It's like everybody makes it seem that you have to have one over yeah. on someone. So going back to that 2015 class that I took where uh, they taught me about the responsible and, 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 you know, the people that always are making the excuses and, oh, I'm the victim here, you know, but come on, you know, officer, what do you mean? <laughs> well, yeah, you were doing 90. Well, I thought, it, uh, whatever. But w some of the stuff that I also bring to the table when I come to like educating agents and so forth is that, you know, as you're going through this business, even as cutthroat as it is, you know, would you be making or be feeding your family 
if you didn't have clients? No. Take care of them. Their family. You're good. Look, Daniel, if I walked up to you and I'm and I'm your agent and I'm talking to you and I'm like, look, Daniel, I understand that we're here talking about this uncomfortable conversation. But I guarantee you that once we're done, you'll never have to talk about it again because we're all it's all taken care of. Yeah. Okay. But also with me, Daniel, the only reason you need me here right now is just to get a plan. But you know when you're really going to need me is when you're no longer here. I'm going to be there to hold your family's hand and help them out during this very hard time. So that's what you're leaving behind, a legacy. Yeah. Okay. So when I talk to my clients like that, like I'm sincerely going to be there. I, by the way, Daniel, I'll tell you right now, 80% of my clients that have passed away, I've been at their funerals. And it's not part of my job. Damn. Why? Because I need to know that the next time I speak to the following client, what to expect. Like, have you had that conversation, like you personally, about what is it that you're going to want the day that you're no longer here? What is your final wish? Never. Cremation? Burial? You want them to send you to a different country? I don't want to be buried, yes. You want to be buried? Yes. Okay. And would you like a metal or wooden casket? Do you know the difference in prices? No. Which ones do you think are more expensive? Metal. Really? Metal gets stamped in a factory somewhere. Wooden ones are still made by hand. Uh, so the metal ones can start as low as nine to a thousand dollars. Wooden ones start at three thousand. Okay, that's one right there. Yeah. Okay. Um and the metal you can pick whatever color you want. There's so many colors, right? By the way, um your family, they're probably gonna wash their head and be like, Oh, do you want Wi Fi in that casket? <laughs> so that every time every time you visit Daniel, you can, you know. Post the pictures, AI will be talking you know back. I mean? Or do you want it to come with massagers so he can rest in peace? See, like, I love the fact that you're laughing because believe it or not, when people start oh, adding man. all these additional things to the casket, yes. something they're never going to see again. It's not like they're going to go out a year later. Let's see if Daniel's still in there. Yeah. And he didn't lie to me. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, Why are you spending so much money? And there's only one reason for it, Daniel. Why a lot of sons, daughters spend so much money when mom passes away. Why instead of just having beautiful flowers, they have a forest. Because they feel guilty and they're not doing that while they were alive. You know how many mothers I sit down with and they're like, I don't want a bunch of flowers. Buy them right now when I'm alive. Yeah. I don't want mariachi. Get that for me right now while I'm alive. Why mm. now when I'm dead? Yeah. Isn't it sad that one mother took care of so many kids, but so many kids can't take care of one mother? One of the biggest reasons of why I'll always be close by is because, especially when it comes to family, like my mom, she lives in San Juan. I don't want to be that son that disappears. I don't want to be that son that visits his family every Thanksgiving and every Christmas. I want to, if I need to be there tomorrow, I'll be there. If I need to be there right now, I'll be there. I don't like how once everybody grows up, I'm going to go do my own thing. But we forget that core root. I always told my mom, I was like, mom, I'll never go far away where I'm like, I won't be near you. Like, I can't reach to you the following day. Yeah. I'll always be right there. It's very important that that trait you have, the number one person that you're going to have to, or, she, or she's going to have to understand, is your better half. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Okay. 
you don't know how much that you can say that I want to be there close to my mother. Mm-hmm. And from just hearing you, you're a mama's boy. Yeah. Just like I am. Yes. I will do anything for my mom. When mom had surgery in 2013, open heart. Um, I remember when they were prepping her up, I was living in Fresno. Mm-hmm. My sister told me the day before, hey, mom's going to surgery tomorrow. What do you mean? Because my mom never likes to get me worried, so she doesn't tell me all these things. Two and a half hours later, I'm holding her hand in Salinas. And she looks up. She goes, what are you doing here? You should be working. I'm like, there's no better place for me to be than here right now with you. Yes. I go, work is work. Yeah. Work can, you know, can wait. And that's the beauty about our business is that we can work when we want to work. Yes. Okay. We're our own boss. You know, my boss said I can go. I looked in the mirror. He, he nodded his head. Just along with me. Hey, that's you. you. Know? So, you know, I'm a huge mama's boy. Some women can't understand that because it doesn't mean that I'm not going to love her. Yeah. It's I have enough love and every there's many type, different types of love as well. Yes. But no one, like Tupac said, no one's going to ever take my mama's place. Yeah. You know, like be happy that I have these type of qualities because of my mother is the reason why I am who I am. So you need to respect my mother the same way. It's so crazy, bro, because a lot of people find that very unattractive. I'm like, the reason why I treat you like a queen is because I was raised by one. Yes. You know what I mean? But... It's the old school way. People don't like that anymore. It's crazy. Oh, you're 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 not independent or this or that. What the hell does that have to do with anything? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it, we live in a society right now where it's like it's either you against the world and we put our family in that world. Like it's me against them instead of you know, Recently, since 2001, I've lost two aunts and one uncle. They're all from down south, from Yuma and from, you know, El Centro area, right? My mom comes from Mexicali. Uh, These are two of her sisters and her brother. Uh, Two older sisters, one younger brother. And it all started with one aunt that passed away during COVID. My mom would talk talk to her brothers and sisters every day. Hey, how's it going over there? La, la, la. And then because I worked on a lot over there, I would take my mom with me. And I always enjoy those trips with my mom. Yes, you know, yes. I mom and we pull over and, you know, grabs in the E and put gas. And then, hey, mom, I slept there. I pulled over and I slept there because, <laughs> you know, I work all over the place and I carry blankets in my back seat because I'm the type of person where I'm going to spend 120 bucks just to sleep one night. Yeah. When I can just drive. Yes. 30 minutes is enough. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm just like that. Now, if I have people with me, of course, I'm not going to be cheap. Let's go stay in the hotel. You know what I mean? Let's not get that twisted. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to make everybody sleep in the car. <laughs> but um, I take my mom on these trips. She gets to see her brothers and sisters. And there's a photo, Daniel, where my one of my, my uncle and one of my aunts didn't talk for a very long time. And it had to do over something dumb. So my uncle, his health was not as well because of diabetes. He didn't take care of it. So he was losing his vision. Okay. Um, and then I was able to take 
surprise, and I mean, what I mean by surprise is like, guess where we're going? We're going to go visit your sister that you don't get along with because you guys need to make amends. Yes. And I'm that type of um, nephew where I'm big on family. Mm. I love it when it rains. Yeah. Because my dad was a tractor driver. And when it rained, he couldn't work. So he would come home Damn. and we would go, yeah, for you young guys listening, Comcast, you know, like, you know, Comsource, I'm sorry. And, um, you know, Blockbuster. We're going to go rent movies and we're going to make popcorn and we're going to put blankets <gasps> in the living room and we're going to just like have a family with rain outside, cozy, warm inside. I love that. Yes. That's why I've always liked dark environments. I just like you open the blinds and I'm in that room. I will hiss like a vampire. <laughs> you got to be like, close those things. Rudy's big on that. He opens up all the blinds. I get to the office, close them. You know what I mean? You get yanked. Yeah, like exactly. So um, that's why I love the rain. The family. Yes. We lived in the ranch. All the, ha- the, the oh. family parties were at the ranch because we yeah. could make as much noise as we want. I just hated picking up the, the beer cans the next day. Um, so... When my aunt passed away, Mitya Soko, um, I remember that she passed away on January 3rd, and we couldn't bury her until February 18th because of COVID. And I remember that when, you know, before all this, when I took my mom to go see both of my aunts and my uncle, I had the privilege of being able to take them to go eat together. And I took their last photo together. Of course, at that time, we didn't know. And, you know, every time I would go down there, I always made it a point to go visit my aunts and uncles. How you doing? And it's nice to see you. And like, oh, my God, Ivan, you're always driving. You're always working. You're always this. And um, I'm like, well, yeah, but I get to see you guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't forget about you guys. So, you know, the last photo, fast forward, my aunt passes away. Then mi tia Pancha, which is the oldest one, and she was like my grandmother. Uh, she lived with us at the ranch when I was a baby. When they deported my mom for like two weeks, my aunt took care of me during that time. Yeah. Okay. So we found out my aunt had dementia. So little by little, she started forgetting us. And that was one of the hardest things for me to even understand. And this just happened. Well, my aunt, um, Soko passed away in the beginning of uh, 2021. Mitya Pancha passed away in September of 2022. Okay. So I remember the very last time that she knew who I was. Um, she was sitting where you're sitting. My mom's sitting next to her. My uncle's sitting next to her on the other side. And I'm over here across the table. My mom's feeding her, and she already is like a a fragile um, shell of herself. Lost a lot of weight. She's just right there, like, looking down. And my mom goes, hey, do you remember Ivan? And then she looks up at my mom, and she goes, she nods yes. She goes, well, he's right here. And then she looks up and looks at me, and I'm, like, waving at her. And I'm holding back tears because my mom, I mean, my, my family is very dear to me yes and she goes and she smiles at me and then she looks at my mom and she goes well good thing we're not talking bad about him 
And I'm like, I started laughing and I'm all, that's my aunt. Always coming up with these nice, funny jokes and little jabs. But the fact that she said that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was one of the last moments I can very cherish that she did remember who I was. You know, but when she passed away in September of 2022, holding my mother's hand, because my mom would always drop what she's doing and go, when something bad was happening, she would go see her sisters and my brother and her brother. Well, when she passed away, you know, uh, went to the funeral. Um, it's one of the few funerals that I actually had to walk out of because I couldn't breathe. Because 10 years ago, in 2013, May, Cinco de Mayo, I went out on a date. Okay. And... You know, when I was getting back to my house where she had left her car, you know, we're going to say her goodbyes. My mom calls me. Uh, and it was a Sunday. I do remember it was a Sunday. And I was like, everything okay? And she just didn't sound right. And I'm like, she goes, are you around people? And I'm like, yeah, I'm with somebody right now. And I go, but I'll be done in about half an hour or so. And she's like, well, please call me back. So that lingered. Yeah. So when I said my goodbyes, um, with that girl, she, um, I call my mother and I'm sitting outside of the house, you know, Fresno weather in May feels nice. Um, and she tells me, you know, your cousin junior, I go, yeah, what about him? Which is Mitya Pancha's youngest son. And I grew up with, if I showed you baby pictures of myself, he's always holding me. So him and I were like very close and, um, he was living in Atlanta. Because he moved out there with his wife and two daughters, and he had a great job. So I actually uh, had the privilege in 2004 to fly out there and spend a week with him. And man, what a week. I'm just going to say it like that. that yes. What a week. So <laughs> when she calls me and she tells me, hey, um, he passed away. What do you mean? She goes, he passed away. And I'm like, no, no, he didn't. I'm like, come on. No. And I went to sleep and I remember waking up the next day and it hit me and I took the day off and I was so hurt because uh, he's he's my brother. And I just, you know, family started sending me photos, you know, proving that it was true. And um, they sent me his very last photo, which he was doing a country trips of going to every baseball stadium. And his last stadium that he went to was the Chicago Bears, Ringley, you know, Ringley Field. And um, I was so hurt and devastated, Daniel, that I spent all day calling everybody to console them, including my aunt and, you know, Patty, uh, my cousin's um, wife, um, his brothers, the younger cousins. Um, and I remember like a week later, my mom calls me and she goes, Hey, you've been calling everybody, huh? I'm like, yeah, it was cause everybody's telling me of like how impressed of how you're handling this. And, um, and that's when I had just kind of started my whole career with insurance and it, which kind of helped me understand that this is going to happen. But it's different when it happens to you. Yeah. And so going out to my aunt's funeral, one of her final wishes that she left me 
was when I get buried, I want you to put my my son's ashes in the casket with me. I never got to see my cousin's funeral because it was in Atlanta. But that day when they paused halfway into the funeral and I saw them bring out my cousin's box for the first time, me seeing it, and they put it with my aunt holding them like a baby, I lost it. Because not only was I witnessing my aunt's funeral, but my cousin's. And, um, you know... One of the things now, Daniel, is I am a lot older now than what my cousin ever got to be. So every single mile, I write him a letter. Explaining, hey, cuz, look what I'm doing. Hey, cuz, you know, your family's doing great. Your daughters are growing up. Hey, cuz, you know, I I miss you. You know, and every single mile without... um, Without skipping a beat, I always write him that letter and I post a collage of pictures of him and I and our memories. Well, then in um, April of last year, my uncle suddenly passed away. Heart gave out in his sleep. He passed away in his sleep. He, he passed away peacefully. His birthday's on Cinco de Mayo. So this Cinco de Mayo that just passed it's not just my cousin. It's now my uncle. And now I'm also writing my uncle a letter. You know, if things like that don't let you understand that the business that you're in is an important one. Um, I now have stories to tell my clients of what ifs. Because yeah. a lot of us don't know death or losing someone, right? But we have to prepare people that even during those hard moments, the fact that they're not going to be left alone and the fact that they're, they're going to know what to do and it's not going to, not going to cost an arm and a leg. Um, again, you only need me right now for a plan. The day that you need me the most is when you're no longer here. You know, so a lot of things that I've learned in life, I try to implement them in this business to not just keep agents, one, productive, but number two, don't sell your soul. Yeah. Stay human. We still need that in this world more than ever. I'm not here to ensure the world. Yeah. But those that want to be helped, I'll help them. You know, and those are traits that, you know, Jesus taught us. You know, those are traits that some of our mentors taught us, our parents taught us. You know, there's people that come into your life and they're always going to teach you a lesson, good or bad. Yes. You know what I mean? A coin, even bad turns into good. Yes. You know, um, I lost three people I care a lot in a matter of like a year and a half. I mean, two years. Let's just say two years. But it's what they did me growing up and the qualities that I have and the jokes. And I can still talk to my mom about, hey, mom, I know today's a very hard day. You know, when my aunt's anniversary came up and, you know, I go a lot to Yuma, but I always make it a point to stop by and say hi to my family. You know, and talk to them. Hey, just want to let you know that I still miss you. But, you know, because the one thing that we have that people no longer have is life. Yes, it's okay to mourn, but it's not okay to give up on life just because you lost somebody. Because they would want us to prosper, live. You know what I mean? Um, 
Like there's gonna be there's gonna be a time where we have to bury our parents. But those parents taught us qualities that we're now going to pass on to our children. Okay. And that's what we should be focusing on. Mm -hmm. Hey, remember when mom used to make tortillas and they always came out looking like Texas and Florida? <laughs> you know, like we, we laugh and we joke and, and stuff. So, and that's what you should say at a funeral. Yes. Oh there's going to be moments goodness. of crying, but there's also moments of like, hey, remember when they like... <laughs> The uncle would go and take care of the kids at the pool, but then the kids would turn around and the uncle's all passed out <laughs> and the kids could do whatever they want. Like they remember these things. Yes. You know what I mean? So just like in life, everything negative, every, like rain clouds, mm -hmm. we need a little rain to water prosperity, like yes. what we have. Yes. We need to know the bads before we can be able to move on forward. Yes. COVID taught us that. Oh my goodness. I was, uh, I think that was probably one of the greatest years of my life, COVID, due to uh, my family. We, we were already close, but it just kind of became, we're best friends. Yeah. We're best friends. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have best friends that I grew up with since like the third grade, but man, family, that's a big priority for me. We are very similar in this because we are very, we have big traits to family. Like we go all in for our family, yeah. no matter what. Uh, I saw an article quite recently about a, a tech billionaire retired. When he was being interviewed, they asked him uh, if he would ever do it all over again. He said, no. And they asked him, why? He said, because I lost everybody I loved because of business. And I feel like in today's world, like we were going back on principles, they ignore on what's important and it's just all about me 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 and they kind of leave and they lose their family they lose their siblings they lose their cousins their aunts their uncles their parents due to this business does business require attention absolutely but so does family do you believe that when you have a business you're doing it for a reason absolutely what's one of the main reasons why you would do it for my family okay so why wouldn't you start giving little yeah. traits to your family yes. while you're doing business? Yes. yes, there's a lot of people that say don't mix business with family and all this and that, right? Yes. Okay, that's true. If you don't know how to manage it, yeah. if you think that you're teaching these people to just be, oh, he's my <laughs> brother, so I yes. can get away with murder, okay? But... Part of be, having a family, here's the thing. I had this conversation with Rudy recently. You're not your son's best friend, Rudy. You're his father. Okay. Taking that concept into business, if I bring in, in the future, my daughter, my son, my wife, my brother, my sister, my niece, my nephew, I'm going to welcome them with open arms. After that, don't ever hug me again. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, after that, I'm going to teach you these cores, these values, yes. just like everybody else. You're not getting special treatment. No. If anything, you might see me more. Okay. But if I'm doing this for my family and I start involving my family and I go back to what I told you in the very beginning, it's because if I die, I want you guys to continue to eat. Yeah. So I get what this billionaire is saying. And if he missed out on a lot, then yes, I wouldn't want to do that again. Yeah. Okay. I'm 100% behind him on that. Yes. But 
if you um, work hard and play hard, but never forget or neglect your family, that's why you need to start leveraging more. A boss doesn't always want to be a boss. You know what I mean? And it's impossible for a leader to always be the, if you have a question, you come to me and me only. Okay. You want to start duplicating yourself in life. You know, and that's what I would change. But, you know, whenever I work anywhere I work and there's family nearby, I always make it a point to go say hi to them. Regardless of, look, I'll just be honest. My family doesn't visit me. Yeah. You know, I'm the one that goes out. Ask any of my cousins. They will tell you, yep, this guy right here, (laughs) he comes and visits us and we don't go visit him. He has every right to throw it in our face. Okay. But... At the end of the day, I um, I love them. I love them to death. Um, some of my cousins will understand that. Just like you said, I want to make sure that they're well taken care of when we go out. They will tell you that. That's what I do for them. Um, so with all my aunts and uncles that have passed away, we're still now. Now we're like the next generation. Okay, so a lot of the my cousins that are younger than me kind of now look up to me as that guy because yes, I'm older than all of them, yes. you know. <laughs> and um, I'm not gonna say by how much, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> don't forget, older also means wiser. Yes. Um, so um, you're building a legacy and you want to hand it down to who? Why not a son or a daughter? Or a family member. Yeah. And now you're leaving behind the legacy while you're alive. Yeah. You know, um, yes, it's it's something that I've always implemented and kind of going now into that. I'm going to talk about Please do. Optimus. <laughs> um, everybody that sees my tattoo, which I have a Transformers tattoo, and um, it's the Autobot symbol, yin and yang style, meaning that in life... There's going to be good times and bad times or you're going to be evil. You're going to be good, you know, but you want to have a balance. You know what I mean? There's there's times where you have to be direct. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I don't, that means I don't love you. Um, You know, that's what the chunkla represented to me, you know, growing <laughs> up. So Optimus, when I first saw the cartoon back in 1984, when it first came out as a kid, eight years old at the time, I remember coming home from school and at 3.30, this cartoon would come out and I would be plastered in front of that TV, just, you know, the Transformers, you know, and it's a kid at that age living around nothing but dirt and lettuce and fields and, you know, having to cut the grass and cut the weeds and the hedges and doing this and doing that mechanic work. That took me away from everything everything it allowed me for the the following 30 minutes for me not to be at home but me literally be amongst these guys seeing a truck transform into a leader um and the way he carried himself he had compassion leadership he was um also had mercy um all these qualities and traits I was like learning them and I was looking at him. He was my favorite character character beyond all of them. 
you know, we have Bumblebee, we have his lieutenants, we have, you know, the spies, we have everybody bring something to the table. And the one thing that Autobots always kind of like lacked was weapons and things like that, that Decepticons had. Okay. They have the good stuff, but it's for a reason. How can good still overcome bad when you feel like you're being overwhelmed? Well, I encourage everybody to watch season one through it, <laughs> you know, but when I saw Optimus and what he brought, it's kind of almost, I'm not going to lie at the time for me, it was almost like a father figure because my father was working all the time. My father to me was more of the discipline figure. When he came home, if I wasn't home, if I spoke English in the house, if I didn't do my homework, boom, it's like I feared him, like I said. So growing up, I always said that I've always wanted a team Autobot. But how can I make this into a way where people are not going to be like, really? Or cartoons, I've been so immature, you know, those type of things, right? So I sat down very one, one night and I was starting to write just words. And I came up with this. Uh, the word Autobot to me symbolizes and stands for A-U-T-O-B-O-T. Always united through oppression. Believe, overcome, triumph. And if you do that in that order, regardless of what business that you're in, you're going to have a lot of success because it comes from knowledge that has gone from here down to your heart. And once it becomes down to your heart, you speak about it in your sleep. Any question they come at you, you're like, it's like bullets dodging, dodging off of you. You're like, oh, really? That's that's all you got, client? That's 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 your, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it gets to that point where you start not forgetting where you came from. And I mean, I, I brought him here because, like I said, it's a symbol of what I grew up with. I'm not asking anybody to understand that. You know, there's He-Man lovers out there. There's G.I. Joe. <laughs> there's Gem, Care Bears. There's everything, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just want you know, this guy will step on him. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, um, think about it. Are Transformers still relevant nowadays? And the answer is very much so. Okay. you Now you have these new kids. I'm G1. And that's, I don't know if you know what that means. Um, Find it for the audience. Generation one, meaning the original Transformers. Yeah. I'm G1. So when it comes to us collectors, if you mention you're G1, that means from the very get-go. Not the stuff that you see nowadays. Like the movies, like I know you asked me a while back, like, hey, do you, did you like them? Yeah. I liked how they transform. <laughs> You know, the action, you know what I mean? It's, it's action candy, eye candy. You know what I mean? It's That's what it is. The story's not so much. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, do I like the last two that they came out with, the Bobo B one and the, 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 the Rise of the Beast? Yeah, because Optimus looks like Optimus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, can it work a little better in the, in the stories? Yeah, they're actually making a prequel of nothing but the robots in their planet. That's and that's how it should great. be. Yes, agreed. You know, but... When I see these things, I'm not going to lie. I go into the movie theater expecting for me to be a kid. 
but I also want the surrounding people around me to to enjoy this moment with me. So whenever I transform movies coming out, you will see me buy up to 10 tickets ahead of time. Why? Because I put them in transformer invitations and I'll be like to Daniel. And when I give it to you, it's for you to come with me yes. in this event. And then I always have a special T-shirt made for that event, and I have everybody sign it. Yeah. So every Transformer movie in my closet, you there is a shirt with everybody that joined me yeah. in multiple viewings. Okay, with their their signing. Of course, they sometimes write like, a, "Oh my God, full of Decepticons," <laughs> or you know, whatever, or GoBots, whatever. Um. <laughs> But I make it a family affair. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, that's what it represents. It represents um, power. It represents being a coach, a leader, a first of all leader, because I hit the word manager. Yeah. A manager will be like, Daniel, I need you to do this. And then get rid of his coffee, put his t- you know feet on top of the table bye. and buy. Yeah. A leader will be like, Daniel, you need to do this because of this. But let me show you how. And I'll be out there with you in the trenches. Yes. Okay. That's what he did. I mean, when they made the very first movie, which a lot of people probably think Michael Bay. No. Back in the 80s, I believe it was 85, 86, they came out with Transformers the movie. And in that movie, Hasbro made a mistake. They killed Optimus right in the beginning. Millions of parents to this day, you can read it up. Millions of parents sent in letters of how it affected their children. So they brought him back. Right. When I saw him die, I cried. I cried. I was like, no, you know, and um, that's a leader of mine. That's my hero. How could you kill him? You know, like, dude, like talk about shooting yourself in the foot here. (laughs) Whoever made that marketing decision, I hope he's no longer part of Hasbro. Cause he made the worst call ever. Yeah. Let's kill the hero. Yeah. You know? Um, so, you know, to me, um, that's what it symbolizes. Daniel It's not just so much the cartoon. Yeah. I have a huge collection. Yeah. I'm not going to lie about that. Anytime you see me in the store and I see something transformers, I'm going to buy it. Yes. Okay. Whether it's a keychain with my old baby, you know what I mean? yes. whether, you know, and I have a tattoo, you know, I would show it, but I just don't want to strip down in front of the camera. Um, but you know, I always have a, something I could look back into that was going to bring me back to earth. Yeah. I never want to get hot headed or egotistic. You know what I mean? I want to, I need people to sometimes bring me back to earth. Yes. You know, it, which means I am also coachable. You know, I'm willing to learn fun fact. I don't know if you knew, but me and Rudy used to be big, big enemies. Really? When we first started in the industry, both together 16 years ago, they would put us against each other. Oh, <laughs> Rudy said this about you. Hey, <laughs> Ivan said that about you. Oh, look what Rudy's wearing. Look, name brand. Dude, you're not wearing nothing. Oh, so before you knew it, every time that he went up to, to speak, it's not that I listened to what he said. I was looking for where did you mess up? Ooh, okay. And I'm like, did you hear what he said, bro? Like, what the hell? Whenever you and look, I know he's gonna hear this, but one thing he said, and he's gonna laugh because I still bring it up to his face. Like one thing that he a quote he said is, 
any successful man when he gets into his car should not be wearing his suit. The blazer. You take it off, you hang it up, then you drive. And I'm over here wearing my blazer while I drive. So how do you think I took it? Yes. What the hell? Dude, that's a jab, <laughs> right? I took it very personal. So back in 2022, August, I was outside of Costco at the food court because I was broke at the time. And Costco has hot dog and a soda for $1.50. Great pizza. Okay. <laughs> so that was my go-to lunch when I'm broke. Okay. Um. So I was waiting in line, and here comes Rudy from a oh, distance, shit. right? I hadn't seen him in years and stuff, and here he comes from a distance. And for the first time, our feathers didn't get riled up. Like, oh, here he comes. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm doing great, bro. I'm making a lot of money. Yes, yes, you yes. Know, it was more like COVID. It's almost kind of coming to an end. And we were, how you been? How's business? Keep in mind that I was just doing final expense. And he's doing everything else yes. from final from term to IULs to annuities. So for the first time we sit down and we're like, hey, how about if we have lunch sometime and talk about merging? Yeah. Your products, my product, and now we have a full feast for the clients, and now we're a one-stop shop. Yes. And we sat down and what did I had to learn? I had to learn how to be coachable from the guy that I despise. <laughs> and again, going back to there's nothing wrong with being a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. Yes. Well, I was copying the right cat. And again, I told him these words, teach me, then get out of my way. And I have not proved them wrong. I mean, wrong since because of the fact that everything he's taught me, I've put into practice. Yes. And that's where I'm at right now. You know, where I can talk about goals and I can talk about I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that, and I'm going to, my family's not going to be suffering the way I did, you know, and, and things like that. And that's, that's what I want people to understand is it's okay not to do what your parents told you to do or what they inspired you to be. Follow your, your own drumbeat. Follow your heart. You wanted to be a grown-up when you were a little kid. What happened? Your parents will be proud of you regardless. You know what I mean? And the thing about it is if you, the last thing you want to do is make the world happy because at the end of the day, you're going to waste years, maybe even your prime years. And then later on, you're going to have resentment and you're going to hate people. That's the last thing you want. Hatred in your heart. Yeah. You know, um, you know, with now team Autobot and the funny thing is that my team loves the name. They love it. Especially because it has an acronym behind it. You know what I mean? It has, like, I, I want people to know, like, let's just be real. I came up with the acronym because I, I have to sell this to people, you know? <laughs> like, you're going to be team, team Autobot. You know, this is going to be our logo. You know, I, I already, I'm already branded. I'm not asking you to get branded, you know, but oh, I, I want man. people to understand that I do have that soft side to me. Yes. I am human. I like to joke around a lot. You know, I love movies. I take a blanket to the movies every time oh. I go. I put it on the chair, sit, kind of roll it on my knee, put the popcorn right here, push the button, and climb. I'm good. 
that's 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 my ideal i'm for the next two and a half hours i'm in some planet yeah. in a galaxy far far away yes okay yes so i let people know that it's it's okay to have down times you need it you need to recharge yeah. that's why i told people in the last three months of the last year ask me learn let's train come to my office i'll give you my undivided attention because it's the slowest months but I want you guys by January 1st to be running. So I told him also in the last week between Christmas and New Year's, if you call me, I'm going to be like, who's this? I don't know you. Okay. Because I need to regroup, recharge. Yeah. But guess what? They kept coming to Salinas for training and I can't deny them. They're hungry. And that's yeah. what I wanted. Yes. You know, um, I'm starting to attract people like myself. I'm loving my team right now. Um, they were all sending me, you know, wishes for tonight, for today. Yeah. Like, you got this. Oh, we can't, we can't wait to see it. We wanna, we wanna hear from you more. We wanna know about your background oh and growing God. up, and you know. But I want people to know that this guy that that was born October 6, nineteen seventy six, Libra, at seven thirty p.m. Um, child of immigrants from Mexico. If I can make it or if I can, you know, have these qualities or, you know, ambitions, so can you. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I had to cut wood if the lights went out. I had to cut wood to make a fire so we can, you know, my mom can make soup outside. And I had to warm up water, Daniel, so we can take a bath. Like until people know how hard it is compared to what. Like I always tell people I wasn't born in Mexico. But I grew up like I was because I could say it. You know what I mean? I could say I, 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 I got made fun of high water pants before they were popular. Because right now you see a lot of guys wearing high water pants. And I'm like, should I make fun of them? <laughs> you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it's um, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you you want to. Take your life experiences and make them examples or make them um you know life lessons because other people don't know how it is yeah they think everything is all of social media and and everything is handed to you and you you, you don't got to work for stuff yeah. yeah you do yeah you do and stop trying to change my generation my second to last question uh all your years as a man, as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, as a leader, what is something that you would want to pass down to the next hungry kid coming up? Never stop being hungry. The moment that you get comfortable, just like a shark, the moment a shark stops and just rests for a long time, it will die. There's no such thing as you knowing everything. Always keep asking questions. One of my biggest philosophy is, and is this, act dumb. And let me explain what I mean by that real quick. Okay. That's me all day. Okay. Huh? That's me all day. Okay. Act dumb. And by the mean by that is, if I know that somebody, regardless if I like him or not, we're in the same industry, we're in the same type of business or so forth. If I know that they're better than me in something, I'm going to walk up to that person and be like, and again, act 
dumb, okay, and be like, oh, man, you're killing it in door knocking. Dude, when every time I go, they, they slam the door in my face. Look, it might not be true, but by me saying that to that person, what do you think that person's going <sighs> to? I just, I just, they, their head just got inflated with more helium. Okay, number one. Number two, every human being loves to talk about themselves. Okay, that's why that that's why I go back to the very beginning when I said, "Oh yeah, look what happened to me." Okay, so the fact that everybody likes to talk about themselves, and I'm like, "Man, Daniel, how do you do it?" You're gonna be like, "Well, check me out." Get this speech out. Check me out. I like to do this, and I and then after that I do this, and I do this, and I do At this. Four a.m. I wake up and <laughs> and I'm over here going, "Okay, I already do that. I already do that. Oh, I don't do that. I don't do that." Okay, and what happens after taking notes of what that person does or doesn't do? What that person secretly is doing is they're teaching you how to beat them. Jeez. And then you go to the next person. Hey, hey, so-and-so, you're amazing at making phone calls. Every time I call, bro, they hang up on me. How do you do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now what happens is you're going to go back home, and if you really are wanting to get better, especially you're brand new in this business, we've already paved the road for you. Don't reinvent the wheel. You're eventually going to make it yours. Yes. But in the meantime, don't hate on what I have. Just copy what I did. Here's my book. And here's the thing. A lot of people would love to, to give you their secrets. Yeah. Just nobody takes notes or nobody puts them to work. So guess what? Do I have a problem giving out my secrets? No, because I already know you're not going to use them, Daniel. You know what I mean? Good luck. Yes. But then there's an Ivan in the crowd, and he's like, you just taught me how to beat you. And then next month, you see my numbers surpassing yours, and yeah. you're like, now they're asking you, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> me? Just acting dumb. <laughs> oh, <I'm there. laughs> I messed around oh, and got a God. triple double. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, That's what I mean. Like, you... Never stop learning, even if it's from people you don't like. Mm. Everybody brings something to the table. One of my biggest mentors to this day, unfortunately, he's no longer here, is the ring I'm wearing, which is Kobe Bryant's. Yes. That guy, was he perfect? No. Was he a ball hogger? Yes. But he had this drive, this work ethic that he... You know, on the drive here, I was listening. I, 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 I love putting him on YouTube and these clips and everything. His very last game. Keep in mind that this guy has multiple fractures on his hands, broken bones, Achilles, yes, yeah. all that. And his last game, 60 points. On a game that didn't matter to... What ha you know regarding playoffs and all that stuff, but the guy showed you that even in this last breath of basketball, he went toe to toe, shooting threes, layups, all this and that. So, when Kobe died, I still remember where I was at, and how I reacted. Yeah. 
And I think I reacted like the most of the world where I was having breakfast at a restaurant and I look up and I'm watching the TV. And as I'm talking to my friend, I look up again and I see in the bottom Kobe Bryant has passed away in a helicopter crash. And at first I was like, and she, I remember her talking to me. And at that moment, she was no longer there to me. I was just, my heart, everything, I got cold. And look, I don't cry when celebrities die and all this and that. But Kobe, um, I remember my friend looking up at the TV and she read it. And by the time she looked back at me, I was already sobbing. I was already crying. I was already looking down. I was like, and I remember seeing a guy across the room with his girlfriend or wife had her hand on his shoulder and she was rubbing it and he was like this crying. And I remember uh, going to the bar and grabbing two shots of tequila. And I walked up to this guy that I didn't even know who he was. And I put that tequila in front of him. And he looks up at me. He's like, I'm like, for Kobe. And, you know, he got up. We hugged. And I remember when Kobe passed away, I drove to go pay my respects to him for a whole day. I drove from here to L.A., spent the day outside of Staples when everybody was bringing all those gifts, the love that you saw out there. And I love Kobe since he first started in the league because of regardless of how cocky he was and as he was growing up, you got to see different leadership traits on him, you know, and that's what I remember him and how at the end he, he died a girl dad. Hold I'm uh, uh, and here I am like, I can, I can probably put, be 100% right on this. I guarantee you he was holding Gigi in his arms, you know, and what he, what he did that very last speech was, I love you all. And he demonstrated by putting his body out there, meaning all the fractures, all the the bruises and everything. If I saw a kid walk up to me and says, what do I leave? Want to leave behind? Always be willing to sacrifice for the greater good of others. Like right now, I sacrifice a lot. Yeah. Sleep, thoughts. I want to make sure, like when people want to be a part of this team Autobot, I want them to know that I'm going to take it very, very serious that they are putting their family's future in my hands. I don't take it very lightly. I want to make sure that even this guy that grew up in the fields, worked in the fields, Probably has an accent that I can't hear when I speak English. Um, that I'm going to be there and I am going to go toe-to-toe with these big CEOs. Because, look, the only thing that they have ahead of us, Daniel, that they were born first. That's it. That's it. Many of them were at the right place at the right time or they were new somebody, you know, and stuff. You know what I mean? But... At the end of the day, you know, the only reason why I'm their leader is because I started first. Yeah. I'm nobody special. You know what I mean? Um, I might be something special, somebody special to them, but I don't want to get cocky and hot headed. I'm still I'll, I'll still go door to door in the mud, in the field somewhere and go talk to yes. you know field workers. Yes. I do that all the time. But believe it or not, I was driving my Audi out there in the mud. I don't care. A, a, a vehicle is a vehicle. Don't forget where you came from.
powerful, brother. My very last question. Um, we talked a lot about life insurance, and we also talked a lot about death. Uh, do you think about when you die? Are you afraid of it? And what do you hope to leave behind when you pass? You know, I told you the story about Kinko's. I was not afraid to die at that moment. I was at peace. We don't know the time nor the day or where you're going to be at, but we know it's going to happen. If you fear death, it's because you might not be doing something while you're alive in order for you to be able to say, I gave it my all. Um, what I hope to leave behind is my years of experience, my years of knowledge that I like to share a lot with people. Um, but most importantly, I want everybody to know that I love them unconditionally without even saying the words. They know I love them. Um, you saw that yesterday on my Instagram. I took my best friend's son to the Niner game. I could have taken anybody else. Okay. I could even probably pick the wrong person to take. Okay. Um, but as I was driving to the Niner game, I was like, you know what? Let me take Mijo with me. You know, Roman. Let me take him. Because these are, right now, children are getting robbed from their childhood. Talking about politics. Here's your iPad. I mean, you name it. They were exposed to it. Okay. And I remember me growing up in a ranch, running around, pretending that this piece of metal was a gun. And I'm over here shooting bad guys. And I'm playing with my dog. And, you know, just being out there, being um, active. You know what I mean? Kids don't have that nowadays. So I do try to give back too by, you know, um, the children. They got to know what they have to have traits right now to help them grow. You know what you and I are when it comes to being leaders? You ever go to a park when they just plant a brand new tree, a baby tree? What do they put next to it? What do they tie that little tree to? Another tree. Another, another little, a, a, a strong yes. stick, yes. correct? Yeah. So that tree can grow straight. So the elements, the wind, earthquakes, whatever, people pushing it, will not allow this tree to grow crooked. Right now, that stick is non-existent in many homes, in many businesses, establishments, and so forth. I don't want to be a stick to everybody. I'm just going to just make that 100% clear here. Because, again, I don't want to cut myself that thin. Yeah. I want to be able to make sure that if I take somebody on, that I'm going to be able to help them. Okay? My unconditional attention. Yes. Okay. We have to be a stick and leave that ability for other people to be that. And what better way to do it than to share our heart, our mind, ourselves to people whether they accept it or not, understand it or not, appreciate it or not. Um, but the the main thing that I want people to understand is that the reason why I did what I did is because I genuinely cared about them and loved them. Yeah. You know, that's one thing my mom has taught me since I was a kid. Yeah. That's the one thing that I learned growing up as a Jehovah Witness is that if they killed Jesus, why wouldn't you think that they will prosecute us? Okay. And the thing about it is that keep in mind why they're prosecuting most people in religion. 
because they're following their faith. So doesn't that make it pretty bad of the people that are prosecuting them? But we live in a world that was already prophesied that, you know, not, not everybody's in the light. Yeah. Okay. But knowing that and knowing that the day that I take my last breath, um, knowing that my family's taken care of by me having five life insurance plans on me, the last act of love, they're going to know <clears throat> that even though I'm not here, their dreams, their future will continue. I'm not leaving behind debt. I don't want to leave behind people wondering, oh, my God, look how much money it costs in the GoFundMe and us having to ask for donations and all that. So I don't want no one ever saying that about me ever. And I wish people would actually do that for their own families, their mothers, their grandparents. OK, but for me, if I can take my brain out and share it with people, that's what I would want to do. I would want people to know. That the reason why I did what I did is because one, I care about people and I love them. And number two is because I believe that everybody deserves to hear this at least once say yes or no, but at least they can never say a year from now. How come you never told me Ivan, you know, so, um, I'm working very hard to be able to accomplish that Daniel. Um, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not proud of everything I've done in the past, but I am very proud of how I'm making amends on myself and people uh, that I might have hurt in the past. Um, but moving forward, I just want to be that person. You know, I want to be something that my cousin, my aunts, my uncle, Kobe could no longer do, which is live. When I started this podcast, I told you like you left a mark. I mean, the first impression, <laughs> I think the second interaction just put a stamp on everything I said about you when you weren't near me. My brother, I thank you for this conversation, my man. You gave me so much value to take on. I genuinely appreciate you, my man. You are a very productive, busy man. Thank you for your time, my brother. Thank you so no, much. Thank you. No, my, bro, hats off. Uh, I've seen photos and everything. Love what you're doing. That's why I wanted to come here. Yeah. You know, I want to experience... You know what others have experienced um i want to be in your element because that's what i thrive in yeah 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 i want to be uncomfortable till it becomes until un it becomes comfortable right if i would have been doing that over there i'm just comfortable <laughs> yes. no i need to be uncomfortable you know what i mean yeah. because you know what you're doing is a big big thing for people i, I mean you, you you probably started this as a hobby and you probably loved oh it and gosh. so forth. But the fact that you're actually doing this and giving us a platform to be able to talk to the masses, yeah. you know, um, of course, yeah. you know, I, I, I look forward to again, you know, meeting up with you in the yes, future. You know please. what I mean? Let's go have a, uh, some green tea together. It. You know what I mean? Cause I know you don't drink it. <laughs> Yo, let's go have some green tea somewhere. Turmeric. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> let's go have a, a virgin daiquiri or something. Um, at the end of the day, you know, um, I feel like there's still so much you and I can talk about. Oh, my God, bro. It's endless. Man. Yeah, it's endless. Like, that's the thing. The, one of the reasons why I started this was because to be connected to people like yourself. Why? You guys are so much more better than me. Just like how you were talking, act dumb. dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of my mentors always told me, when you're with somebody who is better than you, shut up. But when you do speak, ask the right questions. And whatever they tell you, soak it in and go execute. 
So that's why it's always such an honor, bro, to have you and all these other individuals sit beside me and I get to have your guys' valuable time, bro. I do not take it for granted for a second. Thank you so much for coming on, my brother. And I look forward to having you on again, my man. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank I you appreciate so much. It. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. If you got a lot of value out of this, please do me a favor and support our YouTube channel by liking, commenting, and subscribing. Make sure to hit that follow button on Spotify to stay updated with our latest episodes. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating, followed by with a review. Again, thank you all for the support. I'll see you next time. Stay loving, stay hungry, stay excellent.